Hi, this is Terrell Somerville, the lead pastor of Freedom Church. Welcome to our podcast. We hope you enjoy the message today and that you'd also take time to get plugged in to your local church. We believe you can't do life alone, so we learn to do life together. I also want to thank our givers who make this podcast possible. If you are blessed by this ministry, please consider subscribing, giving, and sharing this with your friends and family. God bless you. How you guys doing? Good to see you guys. You guys seem like y'all got more sleep. You're clapping and having a good time. Hey, uh, I'm so glad you are here. And how about you guys? Think about this. You know, we're still, you know, with this COVID thing, hoping we're praying for the Lord to destroy this thing, you know, but we're kind of hopefully on the other side of it and it's going to get through. But there's still people that might have underlying issues. So we're kind of split up between people in person and people that are watching online. How about you tell them that's watching online how much you love them? Yell out to them, let them know that you love them and you. You miss them. We love you guys and miss you so, so much. And, and I want to, one thing I want to do, and I'm going to step out of here on the Pentecostal platform for a minute and talk to you. Anyway, uh, this week I talked to one of our wonderful members and they told me, it doesn't matter who it is, but they told me that, you know, they chose to wear a mask and, and they were very emotional about it. And they had some other close friends that basically chastised them for wearing a mask because uh, they said they were living in fear. Well, I want to address this real quick because I don't know who this is for. I don't know where you stand on it, but if you want to wear a mask because you, it's in your best interest of your health, you wear a mask. I don't care if you wear a hazmat suit so I can see your smiling face. But do not chastise somebody else and tell them they're living in fear. That would be like somebody saying that they got heart issues and are taking heart medicine. Say, oh, don't take the heart medicine. You're living in fear. No, that's just what I call common sense, right? Are you with me? God gives. So you understand what I'm saying by that? But common sense isn't too common in the days we're living in. And that's a whole other message. But anyway, please be careful about that. All right. I mean, don't make anybody feel that way. If you choose not to wear one, that's fine. Somebody's choosing to wear one. We love love everybody. Don't we love everybody? Right? Right? Praise God. So anyway, I just want to share that real quick and out of the gate because that really bothered me. And um, so anyway, a couple weeks ago, started a new series called Authority. And I think that we all know, if we look around our great world, that there are uh, some char- uh, people are just really challenged and living in rebellion. So, so we started this a couple weeks ago. And if you're here or you're watching online and you would like to have the teaching notes of this, if you have not downloaded our app, just simply go to the app store and type in Freedom Church Gallatin. You can download the app. And if you hit Sundays on there on the homepage, you can go there and find the notes. Also, it's a lot of plethora of other things you can do there there with our app. You can also see the past couple of weeks. The first week I kicked it off talking about crutching off. And I remember when I was young, I was 18 years old, my summer year there, I got my, got my leg cut with a chainsaw, had a long cast on, got mad at my mom because she wouldn't carry me somewhere. And I walked four miles on crutches. True story. Okay. Anyway, because we are living in a day and time that people are intoxicated with rebellion. They are intoxicated with disrespect. And if you live in that manner, you are going to forfeit God's best for your life. Last week I talked about getting under it. And what I was talking about is getting under God's umbrella of authority. It's that important. And so when I talked about that, I was talking about it from the perspective of Saul in the Old Testament, how that he forfeited God's best for his life and not only for himself, but with his family, because he made excuse after excuse for his disobedience and he made explanation after explanation. So today, what I want to talk about is today is getting under the authority of God. And when it 
it comes to marriage. So when I talk about marriage here, I need you to do me a favor. I'm going to ask you, if you don't mind, a few questions. And when I ask you to raise your hand, just keep your hand up for a minute. How many of you here in the auditorium are married or you're online, you're married? Please raise your hand. You're married. Okay. Keep your hand up. How many of you here are single or single again and you want to be married? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Keep it up. Keep it up. Everybody. Okay. That pretty well hits everybody in the crowd when it comes to marriage. Okay. Now, with that being said, today we're going to talk about the S word. And some of you are thinking, yeah, I know that S word. I just told them this morning, they make me sick. And that's not the word that I'm talking about. I'm not, I'm not talking about looking at them and saying, you stink. That's not the S word that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about looking at them and you've been married for 25 years and your belly done fell into your backside over here and tell them you're not sexy anymore. Not talking about that S word. I'm not talking about, well, you've lost your shape. No, I'm not talking about that S word. And some of you are thinking, well, they're selfish. Well, that's an S word, but we're not talk we'll talk a little bit about that, but that's not the S word I'm talking about. And definitely this word, and forgive me if it offends you, but you look at your spouse and say, well, you just suck. That's what people do a lot of times. The two S words I'm talking about today when it comes to marriage is sacrifice and submission. Sacrifice and submission. And we're talking about this, and I stand on the authority of God's Word when I talk about sacrifice and submission. And I will tell you, as I come to you, I, I, as I stand on God's Word here, I don't come to you as an authority within my marriage. I come to you as an authority in my marriage when it, Shannon and I, this next month, we will be married 31 years. That's a long time, okay? We've been reminiscing. We've been reminiscing about marriage. So whether you've been married 31 years, you've been married three years or whatever it is, marriage is a journey with one another. And I come to you with experience, but most of all with God's word. Now, let me ask this question as we start off. How many of you guys have ever had been out in the rain and you tried your best to walk under your wife's umbrella? How many of you guys have tried to do that? Raise your hand. It just don't work too well, does it? You end up getting drenched. You end up getting rained on. And the best thing you do is try to run with it. Well, today, as we talk about getting under the umbrella of God's authority, we're going to talk about the men and our responsibility of carrying the umbrella of authority in our marriage. We're also going to talk about what it takes for the man to be a person that the wife wants to come underneath the umbrella of the authority of God's marriage with him. So that's what we're talking about today. So you guys ready to jump in? Say yes. All right. So we got to get under what we got to get under the things that God has placed over us so we can get over the things God has placed under us. And that's what we're talking about. So when it comes to marriage, there's authority in marriage. I want you to understand that today. So husbands and wives are to stand under God's authority before they can understand authority in marriage. You've got to be under God's authority. God is a God who always, always, always works in authority. We can't function in this life except especially when it comes to marriage until we understand what authority is. God wants to give us wants to give us this authority in the marriage in order for it to function and work right. With authority comes responsibility. We'll understand God's authority when we get under God's authority. Husbands and wives, what you're going to be tempted to do in this message is to elbow one another. You're going to be tempted to go, that's him. And you're going, that's her. You're going to be tempted to do that. You're going to be tempted to roll your eyes. You're going to be tempted to, to say things and send texts to one another so that you can try to get your point across and say, that's you, that's what you did this morning. No, 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 no. We don't need that, okay? 
Just want you to listen from God's perspective. If you are single, listen to me. You're going to be willing and thinking about checking out because you're going to think it's not for you. I can tell you if you're single today and you've been single a long time, there may be issues I talk about why you are single or why you are single again. If you're young and single and you're just looking for the right person, you can find out some things here of who to look for and what can make a marriage work because a marriage takes three and I'll address that in a little bit. But let's look at what Paul told the Corinthian church in his first letter to them in chapter 11, verse Three, it says, but there is one thing I want you to know. The head of every man is Christ. The head of women is man. Head of a woman is man and the head of Christ is God. See, Paul focuses here, his focus is totally on submission and the key element in, re, in the relationship in order to prevent chaos is submission. But understand that submission, listen to me, does not mean surrender. It does not mean withdrawal. It does not mean apathy. It doesn't mean inferiority because we are all created equal in God's eyes. We are all created in God's image. So what we're going to do first, out of the gate, we're going to talk about the godly expectations of both men and women, but we're going to talk about men first. All the men in the audience go, hoorah. hoorah. This is for you and for me, okay? Your job description, guys, is sacrifice. 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 That's your job description. And when we look at culture today, I think you'll agree with me. There's all kinds of rebellion. There's all kinds of conflict. There's all kinds of confusion due to authority issues. And when we go back to the very beginning of the Bible, we go back to the very beginning of time right here in the garden on this earth. Chapters 1 and 2 in Genesis was superb. But when sin entered in in Genesis 3 with Adam and Eve, that's when everything got all messed up. And what I mean by that is, people will say, well, that's when, that's when Eve uh, ate the fruit or ate the golden apple or an orange or a navel orange, whatever you think it was. That's when she ate that and gave to Adam. No, 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 no. Your thinking is all messed up to blame Eve. You say, why is that? Go to Genesis chapter 3 and check out verse 9, what it says. And in verse 9, the Word of God there tells us that when after they had sinned, God come looking for the man. He came looking for Adam and he asked him, where are you? That's a good question for us as husbands today. Where are you, husband? Where are you when it comes to your sacrifice for your wife? Where are you when it comes to your sacrifice for your children? Where are you when it comes to your sacrifice for your family? The man was responsible and God made him responsible for that first family unit and God has made us responsible for the family unit today. And the biggest problem we face in this world today is the failure of men to recognize their position in the marriage. It's to be sacrificed. And man, it's critical that we see it as our responsibility in the marriage, not as our right. You'll never achieve the ultimate position until you live a life, gentlemen, of submission. Did you hear that? 
You'll never be able to achieve the ultimate position until you learn to live a life of submission. When the Bible here, when I look at the Word of God and the Bible here talks about a husband being the head of the home, it's not talking about his rights. It's not talking about my rights or your rights. It's talking about responsibility. You have got to pick up the umbrella, and when you pick up the umbrella, you're picking up the umbrella of responsibility in the marriage. You're picking up the responsibility of leadership in your home. You're picking up the responsibility of it is your job it is your responsibility but too many marriages today listen to me clearly too many marriages today are falling apart because men are not picking up their responsibilities in the marriage they are getting hammered out here by hell they are getting pelted by problems they are getting drenched by dysfunction because we're not holding the authority of God's word and the authority of God in our life and the authority of the umbrella over our lives and some men they've just simply given up the umbrella of authority they've just thrown it down they don't want any part of it Wives are looking for men who will sacrifice and be willing to be a man that will stand under the umbrella of authority with them. They're looking for that worthy man. Don't be a wimp, gentlemen. There's no room for wimps in the Word of God. There's no room for wimps when it comes to being a husband. There's no room for being a wimp when it comes to being a godly man. There's no room for that anywhere when I read this. It is our responsibility, gentlemen, to lead spiritually and relationally, and we are to protect and we are to serve our wives and our family and our homes sacrificially. Where there's no authority, there's no submission. Understand what I'm saying to you. We end up pounded by the pressures of life out here, and we end up being people that get drenched with all the dysfunction that comes along with every sin that Satan tries to bring into our lives. Whoa! However, there's good news. (laughs) When we're living out God's plan of authority and the husband is holding the umbrella and his wife is there twirling with him in that wonderful relationship together, it is absolutely amazing what God wants to do in the marriage and in the family when it's positioned like it's supposed to be. You know what you get? You get all of God's favor and you get all the blessings that God wants to have and give you and he's already planned for you how many of you want all the favors and blessings raise your hand that God has for you well this is the plan here if you don't like it he wrote the book take it up with him but here's the tragedy today when it comes to the home when it comes to the family when it comes to the marriage there's being many 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 blessings that are forfeited and so many men do not hold the umbrella of responsibility they are wimpy And that's what ends up happening. They are scared. They are fearful of doing what God has already designed you and me, men, to do. That's important. Husbands are to be the head of the home. You're not a dictator. You're the one that is responsible for it. So let me ask this question. Who is the head of the church? Shout out the name. Jesus Christ, he is the head of the church. Has Jesus ever forced you or me to do anything? Yes or no? 
No, he never will. Just as husbands and wives are equal, the son and the father are equal. Understanding that scripture also teaches, though, that the head of Christ is God the Father. Does that mean that God the Father is the boss? No. Does that mean that God the Father is a dictator? No. So there's no need for dictatorship among equals when it comes to submission from the Savior to the Father. There is not one that comes out of that other than fear of domination. That's not going to happen with God. There's not going to be a fear of that. And so it's one in that relationship with God the Father, just like it is in marriage. It's one of love. And as husbands, we're to model love. We're to be action figures for love and a relationship. Now, what does it mean to hold the umbrella of responsibility here? Does that, it means headship, right? That's what it, does that mean headship? Headship, that is to assume the responsibility of what God is asking us to do. A marriage needs a head. You say, what do you mean? Anything without a head is dead. Anything with two heads is a monster. Okay? You got that? You see what I'm saying? And that's true. And it cannot be that in a marriage. Everyone knows that a woman is superior to a man, that being a woman. And a man is superior to a woman at being a man. Do you follow me on that? That was all about God's design in that. I hope you understand what I'm saying. But in Christ, say in Christ, we're equal. Look what Paul told the church of Galatians in chapter 3 and verse 28. Applicable to us. It says, there's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male, or fe- male and female. For you are all one, say those last three words out loud, in Christ Jesus. See, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. But understand, God makes us different as men and women. Have you noticed that we are different? Have you looked at a woman lately, men? They're a little bit different than you. Ladies, have you looked at a man lately? They're different than you. We're different in a many myriad of ways, not just physically. Why is that? Because God made us different, but yet he wants to make us one. Listen to me. God wants to make us one. The enemy wants to make us the same. Did you catch that? There's nowhere in Scripture that we need to be he, she's, and she, he's. It's just not there. It's not in the Word. Being head of the home is not that you, gentlemen, or myself, are superior and the wives are inferior. That is not Scripture. I can tell you that my wife, Shanda, is very superior to me in many different ways. Man, I will tell you she's superior to me in her looks because she's beautiful, okay? I'm just a knothead guy, Okay. I'll tell you one way that in our relationship that she's superior to me is because she is a nerd when it comes to numbers, okay? She is a five on the Enneagram. She is a person that researches, crunches, looks at everything. If you've got an issue, you tell her, she'll get you all the information you need in about 10 minutes, okay? But anyway, she takes care of our finances for us because that's under my headship, but she does that for us. Man, she's got her app. She can tell me exactly how much blow money I have left for the month. And a lot of times it ain't much because Amazon just somehow shows up on our door with Prime all the time. Prime all the time, Prime all the time. And then she'll tell me how much money I've got. And I'll say, that's not right. Oh, yes, it is. She'll pull up that app and say, this is exactly how much money you got. It's negative. And, and I'm thinking... You know, she is so right. You know, I could go on and on about the different things that she is superior to me in. People say, well, who says a husband's to be the head of the home? Uh, God says it. It's not about rights, though, for me or you, gentlemen. 
It's about responsibility is what it's about. By holding the umbrella for my wife, what I'm actually doing for her is serving her. As I hold the umbrella, I am living out my responsibilities that God has given to me to my wife. And so I'm loving Shanda like Jesus loved the church and he gave his life for the church. Look what it says in Ephesians 5 and 25. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Jesus loved the church passionately. Jesus loved the church sacrificially with great emotion and commitment. Not only did he love the church passionately, he gave his life and died for the church. That's an example that we give our lives for our wives. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7, look what it says here in the New Testament. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat her with understanding as you live together. Now, I've got a question here. It's not a trick question. I want you to be very honest, gentlemen, for all of you online, whoever, you are married. How many of you here will lift your hand and say, I do not understand my wife? I'm raising my hand. Look around. Look at hands up. Look at hands up. They're being honest. It did not say in the Word of God that you'll ever understand that woman that you are married to. But what do I do even though I don't understand her? It says here, gentlemen, you need to read this second sentence in verse 7. Treat your wife with, say it out loud, guys, as you live together. She may be weaker than you, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Here once again, treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Let me tell you something, gentlemen. You treat her with understanding. You treat her with love. You treat her with respect. You treat her as God's Word is telling you to do, or your prayers are going to come back down from the throne of God. They'll never reach there, and they're going to hit you on top of your head. They're not going to make it to the throne room of God. You want to hinder your prayers? You treat her with disrespect. You treat her as you got rights in the marriage. You treat her with not giving her honor. And God will not honor your prayers. They will be hindered. Don't get stuck on that phrase as weaker partner. You say, what do you mean? It's like gold and steel. Gold is weaker than steel, but that doesn't mean that gold is inferior at all. You think about silk. Silk is weaker than these blue jeans here, but that does not mean that silk is inferior to these blue jeans that I've got on. It's more refined, it's fragile, but it's more intrinsically beautiful. So we protect our wives, not only physically, but we protect them emotionally. We protect them spiritually, most of all in that. So you got to man up. Say man up, guys. So what do we do? We make her feel special. That is being sacrificially serving her in a great way. Tell her she looks great. Some of you are thinking, well, what if she's not looking great? Do I just tell her she don't look great and tell her the truth or do I lie to her? There's an old saying. All truth should be, when you're going to speak, you should always tell the truth, but all truth shouldn't always be told, okay? You follow me on that? But you love her. Because you took her as your wife, and it's not about the physical beauty. That's what people get caught up in. Such a vain world we live in. Vanity, vanity. Why do you think they make a magazine, Vanity Fair? <laughs> because we're all empty. It's what the beauty 
of the inside is about a person. People get so caught up in this physical world. One day our souls will be with God. We'll get that perfect glorified body and we'll be in heaven and we'll be in God's presence forever. Don't get caught up in this physical world. You love your wife as Christ loved the church. You be willing to die for her. You love her. You tell her she looks great. You tell her you're so thankful that she's your bride. You're so thankful that she takes care of the home. You're so thankful that she takes care of all the things in the home. A woman's work never ends. You let her thank her for taking care of the children and all the wonderful things. And you help her out around the house every chance you get, gentlemen, because it's not easy. Me and my wife, we both get up really early a couple weeks ago. Um, like, I think we got up at like 4.30 this morning. I mean, I just early risers, you know. We do more than 4, 9 o'clock. Most people do all day like the Army. But anyway, a couple of weeks ago, she got up about an hour before I did. And when I came in there, I said, honey, did you making coffee? She said, no. I said, well, hon, I said, next time you get up our head of us, I said, why don't you just go ahead and make the coffee? She said, I'll be glad to if you, when, you get, when I get up before you, if you'll make the bed when you get up. I said, I'll make the coffee. <laughs> I mean, you got all these you got all these pillows on the bed that you never put your head on. Pillow, 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 pillow. You throw them off on the floor and you put them back on the bed. And I'm thinking, what's the use of all of the pillows? Amen. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? Look at it. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. That's, that's funny. I don't care what you say. But you thank her constantly for all she does, man. To, and her prayers, and thank her for her prayers, for praying for us not his to put up with us and being patient with us. Thank her for everything she does. Listen, you love her like you did to get her in order to keep her. Let me say it one more time. You love her like you did to get her in order to keep her her. That's important. So important. Make her life better. And I promise you, she'll return the favor. Okay. Something else, gentlemen, assume responsibility. That is selflessly love your wife by doing what God has called you to do. According to his word here, I love my wife as Christ loved the church. And I would take a bullet for her in a minute. Satan cannot get to your family, gentlemen, unless he comes through you. And as husbands, because of that, you are the head of the home. You are the doorkeeper. Understand that in your life. Many men, let me tell you what they've done. Many men here, they have, a lot of them never assumed the responsibility of the umbrella, but even if they've had it, what they end up doing with the umbrella is they drop the umbrella of responsibility and they walk out physically and they walk out emotionally. Listen to me, gentlemen, closely. Never drop or put down the umbrella. You are to be steadfast. Jesus loves us that way. Let me ask you this. When, has Jesus ever dropped the umbrella on the church? Yes or no? He never has. But we as men, sometimes in our relationships, we drop the umbrella and we drop the vow and we walk out on our wives. And you know what? People today, especially when it comes to marriage, and the marriage, their stats are subjective, but it's even seemingly higher in the church world today where it should be less. Men walk out and they want to break the marriage up as if it is a contract and find loopholes in it. It's not a contract. It is a covenant. And you go back and study what the covenant is from the root word and the word Hebrew means bereath. And it's a covenant that you make with God. And it is not something to be flippantly 
done away with. And some men say, well, I am not going to stay in this marriage. I'm getting out of it. I owe it to myself to be happy, so I am leaving. No, you owe it to God to keep your word for what you made in the covenant is what you owe God Almighty. And they say, well, you don't know my wife, you know, and you don't understand what we're going through. And you know what? I think I owe it to my children, and I think it'd be better off for my children if we split up. How about you ask your children if you think it'd be okay with them for you to split up? And see what their answer is going to be. Well, I prayed about it and God told me it was all right. You're a pathetic liar if you said that. Because God does not transgress his word, gentlemen. You can say, well, I don't like your tone, pastor. It's the truth. It's the truth. Too many men are throwing down the umbrella of responsibility and they're walking out and they're leaving single moms or kids trying to clean up the mess. And you know what? You're leaving children on both sides of the fence. You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to make sense of two worlds. Any of you that's ever been through a divorced family know exactly what I'm talking about. You tried to make sense of two worlds. And it's not just why you're in their home. It's for the rest of your lives. Listen, men, Satan wants to destroy your home he wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your kids. And he wants to destroy your family. And if that happens, gentlemen, it's because you allow it. And that's the truth. Jesus never walks out. Don't be one of the men that's weak and wimpy that does. Marriage takes three. This is for everybody here. It's very simple. When it comes to marriage, and here's God. See that? You and me, the covenants you make with each other. And whenever each of you in your marriage keep your eyes on God, what's going to happen? You're going to grow toward God. But if you notice what I'm saying here, as you grow toward God, you grow closer to each other. And I will tell you, any man or any woman, any husband, any wife that keeps their eyes on God, both of them, there is nothing that hell and Satan can do to rip your marriage apart. I hope you'll understand that and I hope you'll take that very, very serious in what I'm saying to you. Ladies, it's your turn. And gentlemen, I'm going to ask you to pray for me because you don't see all these eyes looking at me. So I'm going to try my best to get through this without dying up here. Ladies, your job description is simple. It's submission. Now, ladies, I want you, I know it hurts to say that word in this day and time in the 21st century. <laughs> But ladies, will you simply say the word submission? Now, you're thinking, wow, that word submit, the word submit comes from a Greek word, hupotasso. And hupotasso, that word means to come under. That's what it means, okay? So, the S word submission, a lot of times when I say that is for another time and place. You're thinking, man, we're in a new day and a time. We're living in a modern age. It doesn't apply. Once again, not my words. God's word. If you have an argument with it, take it up with him. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, beginning there. It says, for wives, this means submit, that is to come under to your husbands as to the Lord. 
For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. I want to cover a few submission misconceptions. First and foremost, there is not this mindless mentality, ladies, that you're to have. This mindless, more or less what you would say, obedience. If your husband says jump, you're not supposed to stand there and say how high and do whatever he says. What I'm talking about here is biblical submission. Is that what biblical submission is all about? No, that's not what it's all about. To come under means that your husband is doing everything he's supposed to do and sacrificing for you and you gladly come under and wrap your arms around him underneath that umbrella. To come under means that your husband is going to guard you. That means your husband is going to protect you. He's going to shield you. He's going to provide for you. He's going to love you. And that you ladies are not a doormat. You're not. So something else that's a misconception when it comes to submission is this manipulative mentality. You say, what do you mean? Ladies, you are pros at getting things done the way you want it with your manipulative personality, okay? Submission is not manipulating your man. Women, I'm going to give you credit. I really do believe you are smarter than men in a lot of ways. I know my wife is. She is so smart. I love her to death for, for how smart she is. However, do not, ladies, abuse your IQ against us. You follow what I'm saying? That's what can end up happening. They make us think that we're leading in reality, which we're not carrying the umbrella like we need to. You, you begin to get that over on us. So wives, do not whine and dine and seduce your husband into the way of your thinking, okay? It goes against the things that God would have you to do. The men are to do this, and so don't manipulate your man, especially if he's carrying the umbrella of leadership and authority in your relationship. Let me tell you something about my wife, Shannon. She has this amazing, those of you that know her, sweet personality in a way about her. And when she wants something to be done or whatever she wants me to do, you know what I do? I completely fall for it. I do that. And God, you guys are the same way. But once again, it's not about being manipulative to your husband. That's not submission, ladies. Look at Genesis 3 and 16 and what happened here. After the fall of man in the garden, it says here, and you will desire to control your husband, talking to you wives, but he will rule over you. Now, what does that really mean? That is an attempt to worship or to control. You will now have this tendency to want to dominate your husband, and he will have a tendency to want to act as a tyrant over you. So next thing you know, the battle of the sexes starts. Everybody's ready to rumble. How many of you had a fight lately? Don't raise your hand, okay? What's going to end up happening? You're fighting over the umbrella. Which one gets the umbrella? Which one gets the umbrella? And that is not healthy in a relationship. There's three husbands and they were talking about their wives one day and two of the guys were talking about how much control they had over their wives and all that kind of stuff. And, and the other guy, he, the third husband, he just keeps staying quiet. And they looked at him and said, how much control do you have over your wife? I mean, I mean, you're not saying anything. What sort of control do you have over her? He said, well, he says, I have all. He said, the other night, he said, my wife come crawling to me on her hands and her knees. And she looked under the bed and said, come out of there, fight like a man. I'm thinking, that's not the kind of control that we are talking about here. 
So not only this mindless mentality and this manipulative mentality, but also there's ladies, there's a misconception of a masquerade mentality. You say, what do you mean? A woman does, does, doesn't need to do what her woman, what her husband says, and then go off and talk about him to their girlfriends and text your girlfriends and dog him to everybody else. But yet you're seemingly being submissive to him in front of him. Listen to me. If your husband is being the spiritual leader of his family and for you as his and him being your husband and he's loving you sacrificially he is selflessly serving you he is steadfastly being there listen you're not going to have any problem when he raises the umbrella of authority coming underneath there with him ladies submission is your job description and your personality when he's doing that and you come together your personality is going to go to the next level but here's what I will tell you I really do believe there is that, that, that there's a minute few in the kingdom of God that really discover this ladies but when you're wired up to be that your relationship will go to the next level so there's a spirit of submission that we're talking about. And you can't say, I'll submit to what God says, ladies, and not to what your husband says. It just simply does not work that way. In church, for instance, when somebody gives their life to Christ here and their sins are taken away and the Holy Spirit is leading their life, the church helps you grow. You make friends with other Christians. You begin to encourage each other. You begin to be discipled. You begin to grow as a believer in Christ. Your lives begin to increase through worship and discipleship and through that devotion to Jesus. Do you just obey God out of a mindless obedience? Think about that. Do you turn into a robot Christian? Do you begin to just keep rules and not thinking about it? Does God just wine and dine and seduce you into his way of thinking? Absolutely not. What God does, and he motivates us as believers to say, where can I serve? How can I give? What can I do in service? And you express that love to God, and it should be expressed in an attitude in the same way when a husband is doing that toward your husband. So how does it work? How do you submit? You express that personal servanthood to your husband in a way that God wants you to. And that's what's so important. Communicate daily to your husband that he's a, he's a winner. Don't, when he gets and walks home in the door, don't roll your eyes up. Here he is again. I mean, how does that make anybody feel? You know, you begin, when he's doing his part and you're doing your part, that makes a huge difference. Sadly, most husbands, that's how they feel when they get home. And when you respond to your husband in a way that makes him feel important, man, I'm telling you what, he'll stick his chest out, he'll flex some muscles, and he'll begin to, how you doing, babe? <laughs> you know, I mean, it just, something about it, just you raise your shoulders up and your chest out, guys. You kind of, you know, it's like before, after, before, after. You know, it just, just makes you feel different. You know what I'm saying? Whenever you begin to love on him and make him feel. So you inspire your husband. It does absolute wonders for me when my wife inspires me and tells me I'm doing it. And I say, really, babe? <laughs> I like that. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's really, really good. So you pat him on the back. And because when you do that, you're going to see how he changes, ladies, toward you. You continually forgive him. So what do you mean? Hostility will always grow out of hidden hurts. And if you don't forgive him for something that he has done wrong, when he's truly heartfelt repentant coming from him, you are playing into Satan's lies. 
in your relationship. Do everything you can to enrich your marriage. Discover your husband's needs and his distinctive needs that he has in his life and do everything you can, ladies, to fulfill them. And understanding that when you make that effort to be able to serve your husband, he's most likely going to return that with attention to you, love for you, respect for you, and honor for you. Like you can't even imagine, man, the rewards of that relationship are going to be incredible. And only women who discover this and have that Christ-like character in class will ever really experience what it's like to have that in a marriage. Now, there's four distinct areas that I just want, I'm gonna touch on real quick that really are ripping apart marriages. And I, I wanna I want to touch on these things because it's, it's vitally important. And I, I talked about it a while ago, but here's what I wanna tell you. First and foremost, you just don't go out, husband or wife, and you go and get somebody that does not have God in their life already. First Corinthians chapter seven is a very, very great chapter for you to read in order to understand what you're looking for in a spouse, okay? Now, if you're already married, you don't have a license to say, well, they're not a believer and I'm gonna kick them out. No, that's not what it says. It says, whenever you are faithful to them, then your faithfulness can help them to become a believer is what the word teaches. But first and foremost, if you need to find believers, marry believers. But something else that we want to talk about is this issue right here, money. A lot of times they don't talk about that. A lot of times they don't talk about this word and says, whoops, he said sex in church. Oh my gosh. And, and how about kids here? And let me say this, if you've got an issue about any of these things that I'm going to talk about here, build a bridge and get over it, okay? Because I'm going to talk about it because it has not been talked about enough in church church. That's the reason marriages are splitting up everywhere. So if you're single or single again, read 1 Corinthians 7. Understand that. You can take and read it and understand it for yourself. When it comes to marriage, you're going to get married. If you're single or single again, do not go back into a marriage unless you go through Christian counseling and make sure that it is something that is viable for your relationship, understanding each other. It's very important. We have a very in-depth thing we do here at Freedom Church. It's very important. But when it comes to money, money does not come with instructions but one line on it, and it's not broke down. It says, in God we trust. You can trust in God, but you've got to understand about money. A lot of times there's a free spirit and there's a nerd in a, in a relationship. If there's two nerds, you're going to be tight. If it's two free spirits, you're going to be broke. It's a good thing that you learn about money and you need to plan out the spending. Because if you don't plan it out, it's going to do everything to do to go away. First and foremost, for Shannon and I, we've always tried to practice 10, 10, 80. We practice and we give God, we bring tithes and offerings right off the top, then we save the money, and then we live on the 80%. It's worked great for us. She is a great, great, great financial manager. Figure out who that person is, but you agree upon the money. And let me say this here. If you are in a marriage and you are not bringing to God his tithes and his offerings, you are not living under the authority of God's word. You're living out here. I hope you understand that. If you want God's blessings, you live here when it comes to bringing what's rightfully all is his. He's just saying bring those tithes and offerings to him and be blessed. That's what it's about. So when it comes to finances, if you ever need financial counseling, we're willing to do that here. We'll be glad to help you in any way we can, budgeting and whatever it is. Now, when it comes to SEX here, a lot of people say, well, that shouldn't be talked about in church. It hasn't been talked about in church, and, and that's the reason in the world it's become a bad thing. You understand what I'm saying? When they say sex, oh. <gasps> It's like saying Valentine's, oh, you believe in love? <laughs> I mean, hello. Sex is a beautiful thing. It's something you are before it's something that you do, okay? It's a beautiful thing. Sex and the marriage is a beautiful thing, but it's not something to manipulate or hold over either one's head. It is a beautiful thing. But let me tell you also, a marriage 
and sexuality is not to bring Fifty Shades of Grey into the marriage. You say, you know that movie? I know of that movie. And I know enough of that movie that that movie is trash. And when you bring pornography into your marriage or you bring restraints into your marriage, then you are not living under the umbrella of God's authority according to his word for how you live out that relationship and that intimacy in your marriage. Well, I think it's okay. Well, that's because you're living out here in sin. You're not living here under the authority of God. If you want to have a trashy marriage, have a trashy marriage out here and see how God blesses it. You want to have a pure romance in God? Keep the trash out and God will cover you and bless you and be there for you in that marriage. Now, when it comes to children, children a lot of times divide and conquer households. They rule the roost. Never allow yourselves as mom and dad, let your kids divide the coaching team. The coaching staff should always be unified. If not, then that child is going to figure out how to manipulate you and they're good at it and they're going to divide and conquer and your home's going to be in disarray and the kids are going to be leading. That's very, very, very important. And I've got a whole series. I don't remember what it is. If you want to know about raising kids, done a I've got two or three series we've done on it about it. Not that I'm a pro at it, but I tried my very best. And from God's word, how you can do to have a home where your kids will honor and love you as parents and be there for you. They're looking for that. Those are a few things that I wanted to share with you. If you're single, you are to look for a person that is living under the umbrella of God's authority, man or woman. When you go out with them, listen, if they are not a Christian they're not already practicing what it is to be a Christian and they are a Christian, please just don't get involved because what happens is the eros love takes over the agape love of God. And you get, that's the reason a lot of marriages end up in divorce because it's a sexual attraction. It's a, it's a physical attraction. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? The sexes are, are drawn to each other. You got to make sure God is in that. Ladies, look for a guy who's holding an umbrella and watch him for a while. If he's a Christian, watch him for a while. See how he's holding that umbrella. Do your homework. See if he's really, truly holding the umbrella of God's authority. Because guys, listen to me, are really great, ladies, at faking you out. Many men, they can walk, they can talk the talk, they can, they can describe the umbrella, they can even show you the umbrella, ladies, but they're not living under the umbrella of God's authority no more than I'm standing here on this stage know that. But until you see that guy, ladies, weather a few storms, you'll never know if he's truly holding the umbrella of God's authority or is he just standing out here in the rain. If he's not holding it now, there's a good chance he never will hold it. What can happen if a lot of times there's a lot of ladies, listen to me, ladies, you're very strong as a Christian young lady and man, you're wanting to be married really, really bad. And you see a guy that maybe he's already Christian and you want to grab him by the arm and you're already holding your umbrella of authority and you try to drag him in right, we're going down the wedding now. Come on, buddy, we're going to get married, you know. Uh, be careful about that, ladies. You've got to do your homework and check those guys out. Same thing, guys, if you hold an umbrella of God's authority, don't try to rush that lady up underneath your umbrella until you figure out who that person is. Many women can't find the right man because they can't recognize the right man. Many, many uh, men can't find the right woman because they, can't, they don't know what to look for in the right kind of woman. So these are things that are vital and important because they are out from under themselves, under the authority of Almighty God. Practice holding the umbrella now, gentlemen. It's important. 
Be sure that you don't get into this mindless mentality, guys. Well, what if somebody else better comes along? Get that out of your head. Do your job, guys. When you do your job, the ladies will be glad to come underneath there with you. What we do is, guys, a lot of times we overestimate who we are, that we look stronger, better, and smarter than we really are. Don't fall into that trap of self-deception. So I asked you, where are you, men? And I asked you, where are you, ladies? Man, you look for that woman who's living under the umbrella of God's authority. Listen to me, it's so important. Women, you look for that man who's already holding the umbrella of God's authority. And after you have both submitted to God's authority, understand that when you do walk down the wedding runner, that you take those two umbrellas and they merge into one. And you will move closer than you can ever imagine to the pinnacle of God's authority and God's best for your life. Ephesians 5 and 21 says, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So important. See, I always remember that marriage is a microcosm of Christ's relationship to the church. That's what it is. And when our relationship with God's authority isn't right, Marital roles get completely out of sync. They get all messed up in the times that we have the most trouble in marriages is when the authority is in our, isn't in our home the right the way that it should be and we get distant from God. And the further that you get from God, the more that you're going to experience division. You're going to experience distrust. You're going to experience dysfunction in your marriage. Husbands, listen to me. We are to hold the umbrella up high and cover our wives. Your sacrifice is what I'm talking about and it's your initiative and your wife's submission is response to that. Stand up guys, man up gentlemen. Ladies, remember what it means to be a wife. Walking together in life underneath your man's umbrella of authority, that he's looking out for you. He's there for you. He's serving you. He's steadfast. He's sacrificial. He's selfless. And the closer that you get to each other with your eyes on God, the closer you will get close to God, our creator. God will increase your intimacy. He will increase your spirituality and sacrifice together and in your service to one another. And that's what the S word for each of us is all about. I wanna do something a little different if you'll join in with me. If Listen to me before I ask you to stand. If you're married, I wanna ask you in just a moment to stand. And if your spouse is here with you, you can hold their hand and stand. I wanna pray for you and with you. If you are here and your spouse is not here, please stand and represent your union. And also, I want you to stand if you're single or single again, that you want to find that spouse that's living under God's authority through God's job description. Would you stand right now if that's you today?
Father, as we come in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every union represented here in person and those online. I want to pray a special prayer, God, over each union, God, that the ways of the world that could have entered into that marriage, God, I pray, God, that they'll ask for forgiveness for that, God, and they will seek out to live for you, for the description you gave us of how that we're to live and love and serve our spouses that we as men are to live in sacrifice and ladies in that submission and what that means, God, that we ultimately end up serving each other, God, as Christ served the church and gave his life for it. Bless each union. I pray, God, that you will heal the pains, the hurts, and bring marriages. Maybe I pray, Lord, back together that might be holding on by threads. Bless them, God, right now, Lord. Make your face shine upon them. May your favor be upon them, I pray in the name of Jesus pray, God, for every single person that may be standing or single again. God, as they begin to look for that R&R, that roles and responsibilities that's spelled out in 1 Corinthians 7 and what to look for in a spouse, I pray, God, that you will bring that special person that's living under God's authority, God, and bring together a union that would be so, so honorable to you as they honor each other. Bless that union as it comes about. Bless each union now and in the future to be lived out your will, your way, so all blessings will flow and favor will come. In the name of Jesus. Maybe you're here as we continue to pray and you've never given your life to Christ and maybe that's you watching online and you feel this deep conviction in your soul and you know you've never given your life to Christ. That's why you're here, friend. That's why you're here. So I just want to challenge you on this beautiful day, August 9th, year 2020. This can be the day of you being born again. You say, well, it's kind of like Nicodemus went to Jesus and Jesus told him, he said, I don't understand. How can I enter my mother's womb again? He said, you have been born physically, but now you're to be born spiritually. And that's what I'm talking about. So if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt right now, and I'm just talking to you, don't worry about if your spouse is here with you and you're a believer and they're not, you encourage the fact that you're in the presence of Almighty God and in His house. If you know you need to give your life to Christ right now, would you give Him honor for the conviction He brings in your soul and lift your hand real high right now. Just lift your hand real high, up in the air and back down. I just want to pray for you and I want to pray with you, anyone at all. Just lift your hand real high and say, that's me, that's me. Right. I want to pray with you and you can pray right where you're at and make your altar right where you're at. But would you just pray to the Lord if he's convicted you of your sins, that's things that we've all done wrong and just tell him, say, God, I know it's you I feel in my heart. Just tell him that. Invite him into your soul. Thank him for convicting you of sin, the things we've done wrong. We've all messed up and fallen short of God's glory. Tell them, say, Lord, I believe in you. I believe it's you that's touched my heart. Ask him to forgive you of all your sins. Ask him to remove those sins as far as the east is to the west, as he says. He died for you, for your sins. Tell him, say, Lord, Save me. I want to give my life to you wholeheartedly. My life is yours, Lord. If you've truly emptied out your soul to him and he's convicted you of your sins and he is, you've asked him for forgiveness, 
then he will now give you his peace, his love, his purpose and understanding for your soul. Thank him for that right where you're at, whether you're online or whether you're in this crowd. And your name has been written in his book in heaven. Thank him for that. He's gonna give you his Holy Spirit to go with you. And this is just the beginning. So I will tell you, if you have given your life to Christ and you've been given salvation in Jesus and you know that in your soul, your next step is to be baptized, to go public with what just happened to you in your life, to let the world know that you're pulling for Jesus and he's your Lord and Savior. We're gonna be doing that two weeks from today, or I'm thinking about three, three weeks from today. It's gonna to be on August 30th. We'd love for you to sign up for baptism. If you gave your life to Christ, just text the number there that's on your screen here in the crowd or online, and we're gonna help you and walk you through because this is the beginning of the rest of your life eternally with God. Father, we love you and we thank you, God, for what you're doing in our midst. I pray your richest blessings on each one that's given their lives to you. And I pray, God, and know the best is truly yet to come when we're living for you and you are our God. We love you and we praise you. Thank you for every marriage and every marriage to come. And may your richest blessings fall upon them. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody says, let's give God praise for his word. Hello, Pastor Jim here. I just wanted to come on and thank you for listening and help answer the question, what next? If you gave your life to Jesus today, we would love to take that journey with you. Simply text the word SAVED to 615-900-2176. And make sure to follow us through the week on our social media accounts at Freedom Church TN. We love you. Have a blessed week.